0: Intuitive Leadership Mastery, the podcast for entrepreneurs and leaders like you who want to double profits and half stress by improving your business intuition. Learn how with your host, Michaela Leif.
1: Welcome back to the show. I'm here with Elena Schwartz, and we're going to be talking about how the masculine paradigm of success sucks for real success. So uh, welcome, Elena.
0: Thank you. It's so great to be here with you. I'm honored, Michaela.
1: Yay, me too. And for those of you who don't know her, she used to be in a previous life, an attorney for the music industry, but she stopped using so much of that left brain attorney stuff and got into her right brain uh, skills and intuition. Um, And she has a very interesting life history that we'll share later. But right now, she's a business and mindset coach, and she works on improving your foundation strategies and systems. So um, let's talk about the masculine dominated um way of being in business because so many women and men use that but perhaps they're not sure exactly what we're talking about so what do you mean by the the masculine way of doing business or masculine dominated energy
0: everyone has feminine and masculine energy yin and yang you know inhale and exhale the sun and the moon everything is is um sort of Feminine energy and masculine energy. And so each person, whether you're a man or a woman, uh, however you self-identify, you have masculine and feminine energy. And what's interesting about that is that, you know, in the patriarchal society, masculine energy has very much dominated and it's dominated how people... um, Do business. And so that looks like for me, also, when you look at the, the masculine and feminine, it's like hustle and flow. So hustle is do-do-do, push, 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 action-oriented, single-minded focus, always moving forward. And what tends to happen for both men and women, but particularly for women, is it tends to lead to burnout, exhaustion, overwhelm, health issues, relationship issues. You know, so maybe you are crushing it in your business, but you're like the rest of your life has completely imploded, or maybe you're even struggling to get where you want in your business, you're struggling to scale your business or grow your business, two different things, but you're scaling to uh, you're struggling to either grow your business or scale your business to the next level because you're in constant state of doing and you can't possibly work anymore to, you know, to grow your business anymore. And so so um flow is actually it is moving into that state of intuition. It is moving into those more feminine qualities of of wisdom and feelings and you know like if we're too far in the feminine it's like being like total hippie and not really wanting to accomplish (laughs) everything but if you're too far in the masculine again you are in that burnout and overwhelm and exhaustion so there's a huge balance and it's learning how to balance those two energies so that the masculine can actually The masculine is the structure and so we do need structure in business but the feminine energy is the flow and if we moved more into flow then we wouldn't we'd we'd create what we wanted with ease does that make sense
1: it does make sense i muted myself so i wasn't making noises (laughs) (laughs) um i was having some late breakfast um so I think that makes sense, but maybe maybe it would help to understand what's the you know, you you're talking about how masculine dominated energy stops the flow. What what exactly tell us a bit more about what you mean by flow? Because I don't think you just mean be a hippie.
0: No, I don't. No, 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 not by any means. So, so if there's anybody who in your audience who's ever done any sport or maybe played an instrument and you get to a certain point where you're almost not even in your body, you're just like in the zone, right? That's what they call in sports being in the zone where you feel like, I mean, I'm sure people... Ha- I don't know anybody who hasn't experienced waking up. Maybe, maybe they've experienced it a lot, maybe not so much, but waking up and having everything just seem to move in the direction you want. Everything just seems like it works. You know, like everything you need to tap into just seems like it's there and you're moving. Like that's flow state. And so you can, but the thing about that that's really interesting is you can cultivate that. It's like a muscle. You can actually grow that just like you can grow intuition. So it's the same thing. And the more that you're in flow, the more you actually tap into that inner wisdom, that inner intuition. For me, it comes as an inner voice that allows you to um, align more fully with your higher self. Um, so that what you're doing is always in your highest good. So it's not your your ego mind that's driving your results, right? It's, it's not the ego that's saying, oh my God, if you just have one more accomplishment, then you'll finally be worthy. Or "Or I'm not really, you know, you know I feel like a fraud. I have imposter syndrome. I don't, feel, I, people are going to find me out. And so therefore I have to cover it up and do it this way. So I'm not found out like those things actually take you out of flow because they move you into the ego. And so ego is an energetic alignment with who you really are.
1: Mm. That sounds a lot less stressful.
0: <laughs> so much less stressful. Yeah. 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 So much less stressful.
1: Yeah. Now you, you mentioned relationship and health issues. I I think also at the bottom of this is a is a spiritual lack that's apparent to me in a lot of our society that people lack spiritual meaning in their work they don't get a lot of joy out of their business is does that relate to this in any way or?
0: that's a really beautiful question because i think it's at the heart of it i think it's really at the heart of it so so out of everything out of everything really comes from self love And so the more that we are truly loving and valuing ourselves and appreciating our own greatness and who we really are here, then then the more we're able to tap into that intuitive uh, nature of ourselves and move in flow. And the other part about that, so there's two parts of what you said. The other piece about that is that living on purpose. So, when we're aligned with our purpose, we each came here to fulfill a purpose in this world. And when we're aligned with that purpose, when we're moving in fulfillment of that purpose, there's a deep sense of satisfaction and fulfillment. And what I've experienced I mean, I had it, you know, being a lawyer in the music industry for 18 years like it was totally my parents' agenda, it was never mine. And oh. it, creating the level of success of being the executive vice president of the largest independent music company in the world and going like, What the heck am I doing? Like, I'm never more miserable. Like, there has to be more. There has to be more to this. And then walking, literally walking away from that in search of what's more. And when I aligned, there was this like deep discontent that I had. And when I finally aligned with my purpose, there was a settling in of just a satisfaction and fulfillment that I experience every day based on what it is I do. And my clients experience the same thing. When they're really aligned with their purpose it it does help you move in flow it does help you get you know i'll call them downloads of next right action to take or whether this is the right path or how to guide you onto the right path and it is so much easier and less stressful
1: that is fabulous so were you a bit like that character in the movie bohemian rhapsody who was the attorney for the uh Band queen
0: (laughs) you know it's funny i love that movie but i'm struggling to remember what that character was like
1: well his name was jim beach but um uh the lead character in queen whose name eludes me right now who's really famous (laughs) uh he dubbed him miami beach
0: I uh, mean, that's hilarious. Yes.
1: Yeah. But he was, he seemed to be, as attorneys go, he seemed to be quite a fun-loving kind of guy.
0: I was like that. I, I was an exceptional attorney in that I wasn't your usual attorney. I was never really mm-hmm. cut for corporate. And trying to do the corporate path definitely went mm. against um pretty much every every fiber of my being. I really yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, and I was really good at it too. I was really oh. good at closing deals that were very hard for other people to close because I understand the nuance of relationships. Oh. And so that was like everything that we do really is a relationship-based, um, you know, regardless of what you do, it, it really is all based on relationships. Even even whether you have success is based on your relationship with money and, and how you have your relationship with money. So, so in all of that, it's all about relational experiences, and I'm really good at relationships and communication. So for me, negotiating, which is what I did, um, came relatively easy for me and I was really successful at it, but I didn't like the other corporate aspects like billable hours, for example. <laughs> I hated them. Um, you know, so those kinds of things didn't really work for what I, you know, what I was doing.
1: Well, that sounds really interesting that you're seeing relationship as key to success, relationships with others, relationship with self. Yes. Relationship to money. Tell tell me a bit about those different things and and how they make for success.
0: Yeah. So going back to what we were just talking about a second ago, your relationship to yourself, like how do you love yourself? How do you talk to yourself? One of the things that I have my clients do is treat themselves like they would their best friend. If you mess up, if you make a mistake, do you, do you beat your best friend? If your best friend were to mess up and make a mistake, would you beat them up for it? Or would you have compassion for them on what they were experiencing? Yet when it happens, happens to us like we have this like i call it the itty bitty shitty committee on our shoulder <laughs> who, who is like telling us all kinds of things about ourselves that aren't really true and and yeah. as a result of that you know it becomes this self fulfilling prophecy this spiral downward of the things you say about yourself then you experience more of in your life because that is how the universal, universal principles work. That's how quantum physics you know, works and how neuroscience works. And so as a result of that, our relationship with ourselves should be the primary relationship. And truth be told, We actually have everything that we need fully inside of us. We just keep looking outside for it. And when we create the success, when we create the freedom, when we create that inner love, then everything we want is, it's inevitable that it shows up in our our reality because we are being it, you know, and the universe essentially is a mirror for who we're being. It doesn't give us what we want. It gives us who we are so by as a result of being the person that you would be if you had everything that you really wanted if you experienced the emotions of that before it showed up in your 3d reality it would be inevitable that it would show up in your 3d reality so that's that's relationship with self now if you're truly loving to yourself then you're loving to others in the planet like that's what you want to do you know to put self first and capital s self not like ego self first, you know, but capital S, your higher self, you know, to put that part of you first and foremost, it's like you get on a plane and they tell you to put your oxygen mask on first before putting anybody else's on. So, you know, that when you're taking true care and love of yourself um, that you end up having better relationships. And that includes the relationship with money because everything is energy. We are actually point zero 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 one percent matter. The rest of us is all energy, and everything we experience is energy. And the only thing that differentiates me from you, from you know the mic that I'm talking to or my laptop that this is recording on, is the frequency with which it all vibrates. And so, as you know, we raise our frequency, then we're able to tap into. Um, Much like the unlimited realm, you know, and then it it allows, you know, they call money currency for a reason, because it is, it is an energetic current. And when we clear up our relationship with money, then it allows it to flow easily and effortlessly and continuously in our lives.
1: Well, that made me think of several things there so it's very interesting um now you mentioned earlier in that um when you're wanting to achieve a goal it's not so important what you want which is what we think of right as setting goals right you write it down maybe you even do a vision board or whatever where you tell people but you're saying that's not the most important thing it's who you are that's the most important can you tell tell us a bit more about that because i think a lot of people in business when they think of achieving goals they think of the first set of things right you write down the goal you tell your staff what the goal is but you're saying that's not enough
0: oh and actually if you only did that you wouldn't achieve it or you it would take so long for you to achieve it Um, Because you're not in energetic alignment. So the goal that you have has an energetic frequency. Let's say, for example, I'm just going to use real money examples because it's so clear. Let's say, for example, that you're earning $100,000 a year, but you want to be earning $100,000 a month. So how does the person who's earning $100,000 a month act? What's their level of vibration? like? How are they showing up in the world? How do they make decisions? How do they think about things? you know what kinds of clothing might they wear you know do they show up with a certain level of ease do they know like like for example i said this to one of my clients the other day some of the problems that they're having if they looked at them a year from now they they would have been insurmountable a year from now the problems that they had a year from i mean a year before if they were looking at the problems they had a year before at that moment they may have felt insurmountable but now now that they're a year further out, and they've made significantly more money, those problems are like blips on the map. You see them so completely differently. You don't look at them the same way. And it's the same thing even with our own problems. A person who's earning $100,000 a month would know how to solve all your problems. It wouldn't be an issue. They'd know they're all solvable. you know. And that's the thing. So when we become that person, when we embody that person now, when we start acting and being Not just acting, but being that person now and starting to feel the things that that person would feel, making the kinds of decisions that person would make now. Now you're aligning to the vision. Now you're becoming that person. And now who you are, then you can create what you want because you are being that person. Does that make sense?
1: Definitely makes sense. so I how does one uh, do that you know if you're shifting to to be that person?
0: Hire me first and foremost <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yes well, that's one way shift your mindset by hiring you.
0: Yeah 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 so so shifting your mindset is key and and there's different ways to do that. Looking at the limiting beliefs that are holding you back is only one way, and and if you only focus on that, it'll take you a really long time. You have to shift your state of being, and your state of being is really made up of two things. It's really made up of your thoughts because your thoughts broadcast um, your energy out to the universe, to the the universal field, the quantum field which is where everything is created and your emotions magnetize your own reality back to you. So it's really shifting your thoughts and your emotions and your habits, which then change your experience. Because right now, if you have a belief, I'm not enough, then you might have a thought I, if I reach out to that person, that's not really going to work, even if you're not totally conscious of that thought. And then you have an emotion that causes anxiety or desperation when you reach out to that person. And then you take an action. If you even reach out to that person, then they could feel the energy that comes through that. And then you get the result that matches the belief. And then it just reinforces the belief. This is like this, you know, psycho cybernetic loop that we're in. But if you shift your thought to like, oh, no, I can make this work. I know if it's not this person, it's going to be the next person that comes along. And I'm not attached to whether it works out with this person, but I know I can offer value. Then the thoughts that I mean, the emotions that you have is, you know, a feeling of confidence and of belief. And then when you take the action and connect with that person, they can feel that they can feel that you're not attached, that you're not like there's not this desperation that comes along with with that, that the energy feels really clear and clean and good. And then If that person doesn't work out, then, you know, maybe the next person that comes along will be the right person. But the idea is that it shifts different beliefs because of that you're having different experiences. And so to do that, it requires shifting your thoughts, shifting your emotions. Like literally, I have my clients visualize getting into the emotion, not necessarily the visuals, but getting into the emotion. If you had what you wanted, how would that feel? If you already had it, if it were already here, how would it feel? Start feeling like that as much of the day as possible, you know? And then like, what are you doing in your habits? Your body is literally addicted to your habits. Your habits cause your body stress. And those, um, the stress causes release of of hormones of stress like cortisol, norepinephrine, adrenaline, and they're addictive to the body. So your body wants you to keep repeating those same patterns over and over again. Like a drug addict, it can keep getting a hit. And so what you have to do is you have to shift up your habits. So if the first thing, what's, what's the first thing, Michaela, that most people do when they wake up in the morning?
1: Check their phone. Oh my goodness, check the phone. No, bad idea.
0: Bad idea, bad idea, because then it takes you into this loop of probably social media or email. Usually the two places that people go are social media or email, and either one of those take you in a downward spiral that have you repeating your yesterday again. So now you're projecting your predictable past onto your future. And so what you have to do is change up your habits. So you're doing something different. So your body's going, what? Like if you don't exercise, start exercising. And your, you know, your ego mind's gonna say, no, wait, you can start tomorrow. You don't need to start today. Why do it today? And the point is to move past those inner voices that wanna keep you in the familiar. You know, because the the ego, you know, the number one survival instinct of humans is not actually, I mean, the number one instinct of humans is not actually for survival. It's for the familiar. And that's because when we left the cave, we had to know if we were going to get eaten or not. And we looked for what was familiar, what was wrong with this picture. And so your brain has kept a database of every experience that you have ever had. And when you go into the unknown, when you go into uncertainty, it goes, well, let me check the database and see where I've, how I've done, you know, how I've survived that, how that's worked for me in the past. And since you haven't done it before, and there's nothing in the database to say what's going on, then what happens is your body goes into fight or flight and it doesn't know what to do. So that this, the future person that already has it already knows what the how is. But the current person you're in right now doesn't know what the how is. And so it causes a fight or flight response in the body. So when we start shifting up our thoughts, when we start shifting up our habits and we start having different experiences, And we be in a state of gratitude. Gratitude is a huge, huge thing to cultivate, to actually shift those things. Then all of a sudden, we start tapping into deeper levels of intuition. We start moving into flow. Things get so much easier. Synchronicities start happening. Resources that we need start showing up. People that we want to be in our lives or will support us on our journey start showing up. And and life just gets better.
1: Now that's very interesting that um you see, and I've experienced this. The the more I'm in that state of flow, uh the more synchronicities and thing people, the right people show up or the right circumstances appear, or money just appears. You know, it's I mean, it's quite amazing. Why do you think that occurs with the synchronicities?
0: Yeah, yeah. It it occurs because when we have a desire for something that desire on um, is already created in the quantum field it's already there it's already been created for us and when we start to align energetically align with what's in the quantum field as we move closer and closer to it the more aligned we are the closer we become until we're like right here with it and as we become closer and closer you know the universe does give you everything that you need to to achieve whatever is in in the quantum field that you are desiring on that level. And so those synchronicities are the universe's way of, of having everything line up for you so that you can create that, right? And so you are literally creating your reality into existence the more that you're aligned, the more that you're in flow, you're creating your reality into existence.
1: Yeah, I, I sometimes seems to me we create our businesses on the spiritual level, and then we're just filling in, we're painting in in the third dimension, the, the results, it's almost like one of those paint by numbers, things, we've got the outline of what you're creating at the spiritual level, and then you or your staff or customers are filling in the 3D reality.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and there's a, you know, from a from a brain science perspective, there's an actual like thing about that. Like we mm. have this part of our brain called the reticular activating system. And I'll call it RAS for short. The RAS goes in like one of the main purposes of the RAS, like we have very highly sensitive senses and the amount of stimulation that our bodies would take in would completely overwhelm us and we wouldn't be able to function. And so our RAS filters out stimuli and only allows in that which is important to us. And that's based on your limiting beliefs, usually, you know, whatever you believe it will filter in. And so it's why if you've ever gotten a new car, you start seeing that car everywhere else on the road, all of a sudden, it's not like all of a sudden people went out and bought The car, but your brain is now focused on it in a way that it wasn't before. And so you're seeing it. So, for uh, oftentimes, these opportunities, these things are right here now, or you're bringing them in, but you can't see them because it's like you've got these blinders on. And so, as you start to shift the wiring in your brain and you send your Ross in search of, of a different thing to search for, different beliefs, different thoughts, it fills in the grid. It will show you the pieces. That will fill in the grid to fill in that paint by number, that spiritual, like what you've created in the spiritual realm. It will then fill it in in the physical realm, in the realm of form. And so part of it is that the opportunities, the creativity, the inspiration is all right here. But because we have these blinders on, we can't see it. And so when we remove those blinders, we see it all here. And, and that appears as synchronicities and the right situation and money appearing. A lot of it was all there in the first place, but we couldn't see it because we were at a different state of mind, a different state of being.
1: That's a fascinating way to to look at synchronicities. Um, And I think that certainly explains some of that. uh, You know, when things just appear that they were there the whole time and we, Either we didn't see them. The other alternative is we did see them, but we didn't engage in a way that would bring them to us. And there's a famous experiment. I forget who did it. But basically, they you know, they paid people to be in a psychological experiment, and they had them come into a cafe to answer questions. But that wasn't what the real experiment was. They taped a dollar bill to the doorway of the room they were coming into to see who would pick up the dollar bill. And then afterwards, they asked him, hey, hey, did you see the dollar bill? Some people didn't even see the money on the floor as they came in. Other people did see it, but they're like, Oh, that's not mine. Oh, I can't pick it up. Oh, it's evil to pick up money, might be dirty. They had all kinds of things that stopped them. And I think the same happens in business that opportunities sometimes appear and people notice them, but they talk themselves out of, of following it up.
0: I think that's right on. I think that's right on, Michaela, because, um, I, you know, it goes back to, like, those limiting beliefs that are filtering in those messages of, like, that's not going to work, or there's something wrong with that, or whatever, that keeps you from um, capitalizing on the opportunity, right? That seizing the opportunity. And so I do feel like that's, that is a big piece of it, is that they're either, they don't either see them, or they are there, but they don't feel like they're for them.
1: Yeah, and you, and you might say that not even seeing something is like a deeper level subconscious, quotes, limiting belief For that sure. you don't even see the opportunity. I mean, that's so deep. But, um, yeah, there's so many ways people manage to make things hard, right? <laughs> Either not not noticing the opportunities or talking themselves out of it or struggling with it, or, you know, in various ways, so. It's, mm-hmm. it's fascinating the ways humans manage to make things hard.
0: <laughs> it is. It really is. And, and this is like what I study. You know, I study in a sense struggle of how to get, you know, because I believe one of the biggest myths that, that exists in business is that you have to work hard to succeed. And that is just programming that most of us have experienced from the time we're really little. And it isn't true, but because we've been programmed that way, like I have clients who tell me that if they have any free time, they feel guilty you know mm. it's crazy it's just totally crazy so so what ends up happening is it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy all of our limiting beliefs become self fulfilling prophecies and so we experience that we can't have the success we want without working hard when we mm. didn't have to work hard in the first place i mean i teach my clients how not to work hard to get <laughs> what they want you know my implement and part of it is you know this sort of spiritual Um, mindset state of being realm and part of it is very practical strategies that we implement in their business. But for the most part, these practical strategies, these systems, they usually don't work unless you've got this other piece aligned. And that's really the key is I can give my clients the right systems, the right strategies, you know, teach them how to be world-class leaders, but usually without their alignment on this other piece, They'll only get minimal mileage on that before they're in their weeds
1: again. Mm.
0: You're listening to the Intuitive Leadership Mastery Podcast. Get detailed show notes on today's episode together with your free What Would It Take Business Intuition Guide at intuitiveleadershipmastery.com. And now, back to today's show.
1: It's quite amazing, <laughs> but some—I so, guess—some people grew up with fewer limiting beliefs, or their parents supported them in that work is easy, and you know, right, right. hiring is easy, and what have you. And so they—they they only needed to pick up that little piece of structure uh, or system in order to to run with it. So.
0: And also some people have certain beliefs, but not others. So for example, Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who making money comes really easy to them. Maybe making money and keeping money even comes easy to them. Because some people, they make money really easily, but then they don't really keep it. So for some people, that's not their issue. The issue isn't making money and keeping money. They believe they can make money and keep it. But their self-worth is so attached to it, that they're miserable inside. They have no sense of satisfaction and fulfillment. They're always trying to do more to prove themselves to themselves and maybe even to a parent or something like that. I I had one client, Michaela. She was a total go-getter. All my clients are go-getters. And she was, uh, it's true, I love working with high achievers because I am one. And she, um, her parents, both her parents had died the year before within six months of each other. And she had a mid six-figure business and her business totally tanked. And most people would look at that and say, okay, that's understandable. Both your parents died last year. It makes sense. But when I dug deeper, what I really discovered is that her entire why, which was to prove herself to her parents, had disappeared when they died. And she was floundering because the whole reason she created a successful business no longer existed and oh, we realign her to her true why. Why was she really doing the work in the world that she was? And within mm. two months, she had signed, she worked with corporate clients. And she was, when I met, when I started working with her, she was working with, like, individuals at $1,000 a month rather than, you know, mid-five-figure, high-five-figure corporate clients. And within two months of us dialing in her why. And in getting, you know, some of the other pieces shifted, she signed three mid five figure um, corporate clients. So it's amazing how, you know, so many people, even if they have certain pieces dialed in, they don't have those other pieces dialed in. And so because it isn't coming from the inside, it's coming from chasing something from the outside to make me feel better about myself rather than me feeling great about myself so that everything I want shows up in my life.
1: I mean, that is a very common attitude that people look to the outside. Um, why, Why do you think that is that so many people in our society look to the outside instead of the inside?
0: I don't know where it originated from, but I can say where it exists now. Um, You know, there's been a lot of tremendous advertising. First of all, we've moved further and further away from nature and the more that we are in nature, the more that we actually go out and be with nature, the more we experience our own wholeness because nature is, is whole and perfect. There's this intelligence that exists in everything. And we start to see the intelligence in nature and also see that intelligence inside of us, this higher intelligence. I'm talking about that we're able to tap into. Um, and that's really what flow states are, is tapping into higher levels of intelligence. And so what ends up happening is, you know, you're in the womb and before you're, you know, pre-verbal even, you've gotten messages uh, from your parents and how they act that, you know, happiness exists on the outside, not on the inside, because everybody's chasing something on the outside and thinking, if I only have XYZ, then I'll finally feel happy, I'll finally feel fulfilled. And so we've created, we don't even realize it, that, you know, our our level of consciousness, our limited level of consciousness, although it is evolving tremendously, but our limited level of consciousness has been passed down from generation to generation for these beliefs that, you know, our happiness exists outside of ourselves. And we're told, you know, from the time that we're little, like, don't do that. That's dangerous. Or why are you being so difficult? Or you should be ashamed of yourself. What's wrong with you? Like, this is what parents say to little kids. And so little kids then start believing there's something wrong with me. I'm not who I thought I was. I came into this world thinking I knew who I was, but now I don't really have a clue. And since you're my parent, I must believe what you tell me because you're the all-knowing beings in my life. But your parents don't have a freaking clue of what they're actually doing in the limiting beliefs that they're imposing just from modeling their behavior alone.
1: I think that's very true. Um, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, they say a lot of limiting beliefs get learned between the age of zero and seven. Well, and maybe some get picked up before you're even born just through the vibration you receive. Um, and then I, I think school has quite a part to play with this because there's a lot of beliefs that get transmitted in school. And I don't mean geography and history and whatever. It's more like, um, you know, obey the rules, um, fit in, wear the same clothes as other people. Um, you know, when the bell rings, you have to, you know, it's like Pavlovian dogs, right? The bell rings and you have to go do something. Right. It's, it's quite a whatever. And then, Kind of laid on top of that, I think there's a whole culture of don't listen to your own inner truth, but find out what the experts, quotes yes. experts, say, you know, the scientists, the doctors, the journalists, you know, all all the different kind of experts we have. But sometimes the experts might be right for other people. They, they they're, That particular thing, you might need something different for you based on your own inner knowing.
0: Right, I think that's so key what you just spoke about, because that really is true. It doesn't just come from parents, although largely it does. And even though, you know, our brains are still f- like heavily forming and we're in that theta brainwave state between zero and seven, theta brainwave is the the, um, the brainwave state of hypnosis. So we're literally so impressionable in that age because it's coming, you know, whatever we're receiving, where it's just molding our brains. But I would say even zero to two is where most of them come in. Um, <clears throat> and yet you are so right on where the entire, our societies, our cultures are set up to essentially cut us off from our deepest level of our own wisdom, cut, cut us off from being different and standing out. And, you know, for this, this fear that you won't belong. And in tribal days, if you didn't belong and you were on the out, it meant you didn't survive. You didn't live. And so, you know, there, there became like, the interesting part to me is that our our neofrontal cortex, which is where all the reasoning, where all so much of that intuition comes in is, is has really developed a lot, but our critter brains, you know, have not developed that much over the course of all the years that we've, you know, evolved. Our critter brain really hasn't evolved. So a lot of those same things that were driving us back then when we were cave people or when we were in tribal communities are really still driving us now, even though they don't, Apply anymore; they don't work anymore. And you know, we we're all snowflakes. We're all unique, and we all have a uniqueness that we're meant to, you know, actualize. That that helps bring our purpose into the world in a bigger way. And without that uniqueness, we don't actually really get to live our purpose. And yet, we're taught so much to fit in, to be like everybody else, not to trust ourselves, to trust the experts, as you say. And yet, we have more wisdom for ourselves than any experts can ever give us when we learn how to tap into it and listen. The key is not just tapping into it, but listening to it and actually acting on it. Because if you're getting the intuition, but you're not acting on it, then you start to dull it coming even in because like it's going, why am I going to continue to give this to you if you're not doing anything about it? And so the more that you act on it, the more that you follow it, the greater and louder it becomes and the greater the guidance that you get to follow in, you know, in your life that will lead you ultimately to even, even more than we possibly could have imagined creating for ourselves.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I think it's a muscle. Intuition is a muscle. We, use or all these other skills you talk about and um even just doing little experiments you know if you're if you're if you're listening to this and you're like well that sounds great elena and michaela but i can't suddenly change how i work in my business well what about if you just pay attention to the food you eat you know does your body want to eat this particular food in this moment or or we you know should i turn left or turn right at this intersection you know what's going to What resonates more for me, you know, or what piece of, what kind of clothing do I want to wear today, you know, or or whatever the thing is and just start with something small um, (laughs) and and follow these intuitive messages that way where they're less of a big deal. In other words, if you were in the casino of life, start with the uh, small value slot machines, not the thousand dollar, you know, blackjack or whatever table.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that analogy. The, the other thing is, is that it requires a certain amount of quieting of the mind chatter to actually hear it. We, both mm. of us have so much, you know, I know back in my late 20s, Um, I came into uh, practicing yoga and I fell in love with it because being on the mat was the first time that that inner dialogue, that inner chatter that was so loud in my head for so many years got quiet. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And it allowed me as a result of getting quiet to listen to the still small voice, you know, to really get a better sense of what is that voice really saying to me? Uh, And so I would say, you know, doing things like meditation or, you know, taking walks, going for a walk in nature, um, sitting up against a tree, you know, these are things that will help us quiet the internal dialogue to be able to hear that inner wisdom and guidance. And as you say, if you start small and you don't have a lot of investment in the outcome, then you can build that muscle gradually
1: yeah and it's you know say we can be gentle with ourselves over this you know it it can take a while to remove that program um of that so you know start slow just do it daily maybe keep a record of what you know because it may not work every time for you if you have a lot of prior programming to overcome but the more you do it it's just like when you go to the gym right don't expect to lift the you know 400 pound weight on the first day you may need to start with the three pound weight you know um but if you go to the gym every day and you try and you know try out more you're gonna get better and better for sure so you know um coming back to the the you know the amount of advertising. I think I read somewhere that you know the average American sees a hundred thousand advertising messages total a day, which sounds quite quite a lot. But you know it's everywhere. You know it's on your cell phone. It's as you go around the street. It's on the TV. It's on the radio. On you go to an in, a website, and it, there are all these ads splayed around. <laughs> you know it's quite incredible. Um. Anyway, it reminded me of a um movie from the 80s i don't know if you ever saw this movie it's called they live and he gets these magical sunglasses that let him see what the ads are really saying and he looks at this ad and you know it's advertising whatever beer or something and then he puts the sunglasses on and it says obey you <laughs> 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 know conform you know yeah. and it was quite an entertaining i'll put the scene in the show notes but it's quite an entertaining I don't know if the whole premise of the whole movie is true, but I think it's definitely true. Advertising does a lot of subliminal manipulation. And, and I know from people who work in media and advertising that they're, they're very clever at this, right? They study how to manipulate people.
0: Yeah, they study and, the psychology of the manipulation of it, which is yeah. crazy. I mean, like Facebook hired you know over 400 MIT grads just to get you addicted to the app. You know, they know what they're doing. They really know what they're doing. And you know, it's oh, well, they very-
1: do and they and how they color things like that little notification thing is in red because when it was in blue, it didn't work as well.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. Right. And the positioning of things and how they phrase sure. stuff, it's sure. all they all they have really clever people who know how to to get people's attention the easiest. But also, they do a lot of split testing where they try it out one way and try another way and see which one actually works better. So, sure. great. good for them getting really clever at this thing, not so good for us when we want to be able to create things in our businesses and are are all these distractions from advertising and apps and what have you.
0: Well that's that's one of the things that I actually talk about. So when changing your habits, I have been on a no news to low news media. And I'll say low news since covid started because I was on a pretty much no news media diet beforehand. And you know, like, you know, look, CNN, like really stands for constantly negative news. And actually all the networks do right all the networks do. And so the point is, is that they make money on fear, they make money on you watching them more. And so the more fear that they can drum up, the more that they can make you feel uncomfortable, uh, the more money they make. And ultimately, when you think about like, Being discerning about what you feed your body, what kind of food you put in your body. You also have to be discerning about what kind of media or other things you're ingesting in your head, because it's the same thing. It's like when you're trying to rewire your programming and become, you know, like they say that um, wealthy people focus on education, not entertainment, and and the idea is like most of the masses want to focus on being completely entertained and they don't want to focus on like up leveling their skills in the same way or something like that. So, so what you're feeding your mind is helping create the person that you're being. It's helping you create your vibrational frequency. So if you want to raise the level of frequency to the person that you would be, if you already had that, then you have to be far more discerning about what you feed your mind
1: that's a fascinating thought because i think i mean although not all of us eat food that is healthy all the time i think we are a bit conscious that hey this food is you know healthy or this food is less healthy um but applying that to you know what movies or news or books or you know other things we consume or even just the environment of our office you know is it focused and beautiful or is it distracting and full of clutter you know it sounds such a small thing but it it does affect
0: it does affect a lot
1: how we how good we are at reaching our goals um and then i would also add into that conscious choice of the people we hang out with you know who are our friends who what how much time do we spend with family members who are not um whatever positive (laughs) um and, you know, who do we hire to work in our business? And how are they? And who do we let be customers, right? Are we consciously choosing our customers and vendors? Because not everyone is qualified to be a customer of yes. our businesses. Yes. And not everyone is qualified to be a vendor. And I know when I started out, I I didn't pick customers, you know, as well as I do now.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And the
1: same with vendors or staff, you know.
0: I think that's so important, Michaela. I call it the three minute, the three hour, and the three day people. So, like the three minute people, like maybe there are people you can't completely remove or you don't want to completely remove from your life, but they're negative Nellies or, you know, uh, you know, um, downer dance or whatever, and maybe you don't want to completely remove them for your life, but you want to spend three minutes with them rather than three days or three hours with them. Right, So you really want to limit your contact because their energy, their vibration, they're talking about what's not working. I just It's so funny. I just released a post today about this, about um, are you letting dream stealers in your life? You know, like people who are naysayers, who no matter, like it could be because they have the best of intentions and they want to protect you, or it could be because your light shines so bright and it reminds them of how dim theirs is and you're stepping out of your comfort zone and they're like living in mediocrity and that's so uncomfortable that they want to bring you down you know some people will call that the tall poppy uh syndrome so um you know Well that
1: bucket of crabs was another way i've well, heard it you know crabs. when you go yeah, yeah where you have the crabs in a bucket but none of the crabs can escape because anytime a brave crab crawls up the side of the bucket the other crabs grab onto it and drag it back down
0: for sure, for
1: sure. <laughs>
0: so it's, that's exactly what it is. So, you know, and, and then some people really do have the best of intentions for you, but they and they think they're protecting you, but they don't realize that they're feeding your mind with negative stuff that's like and mm-hmm. hurting your self belief. And so, you know, that goes to, you know, the kinds of clients of making sure that your clients are aligned. And if the people that are in your life, you know, the people who, who you, when you feel good with it, you feel more empowered with it, you feel more confident with, make those three day people, you know, hang out with them as much as possible. You know, have more people show up in your life that are like that because you're focused on those kinds of people and then minimize, you know, the other kinds of people. And it doesn't mean you have to get rid of them completely, although I would recommend doing that but it doesn't mean you have to but you can minimize your you know your contact with them so you're still maintaining the relationship but they're not feeding into you, or draining i would really say your energy
1: well that's such a deep topic and i could talk for hours about it cuz it's like a whole energy vampire type thing that goes on with some people where they suck your energy and energetically literally they are cording into your energy and they've got a little pipeline where they're sucking you life force out of you it's quite amazing but on a practical level yeah just either not spending time or or the other thing i would say is it's the quality of the in, in engagement um because i find with someone who's like you're describing they're a dream stealer if If it's just someone, a stranger I met on the street, they ain't able to steal much of my dream. It's because like, well, I don't care what you think, you know, but if it's like my mom or sister or, you know, a a, a customer, I open my heart and I take in their negative thing much more deeply. So part of the other thing is not just spend less time with them, but like, just be a bit more careful about opening up my heart to people who don't have my best intention, you know, with them. And
0: don't share certain things with them, you know? Like uh, Wow, keep, great. Right? Don't share certain things. Don't share stuff about your business with them. Like, don't share what you're about to do or the excitement you have in your business because you don't want that negative input to come into you and, and drain your energy out as a result.
1: That is excellent advice. And I'm going to just include uh, any romantic partners that people have in that because often people you know pick each other for marriages or relationships of a romantic nature because one person wants to learn something from the other you know they both want to grow but unfortunately that means the person who's the brave entrepreneur sometimes is is in a relationship with someone who would like to be an entrepreneur but is really afraid of doing that kind of thing Right, and it can be a real Debbie Downer kind of thing when you share. You're like, "Oh, I'm going to invest in this," and the other person's freaking out. You
0: know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and what I will say about that is that um, is that I had a client, um, and we just talked about this. I think it was last week where. Her husband, you know, she's she pivoted and she's now offering services to, you know, um, like about anxiety, mental health issues to, you know, corporate, the corporate world and executives in particular. And her husband has been in the corporate world, but she never has. And so because she hasn't, she doesn't trust her own ability. She feels like a fraud. And so she keeps checking in with him, but he's never He's never done what she's doing. And he keeps saying to her, well, why would you do that? Or, and I said to her, would you please stop telling him this stuff? (laughs) Like, stop it. Just like you keep thinking he's going to give you like the approval and validate that you can do this. And all he's doing is getting, you know, he's like chipping away at your self belief because he doesn't know, like take, take advice from somebody who's been there and knows he's not it, you know? And so it is spouses or, or significant others, intimate relationships are a big place. Um, that that exists
1: as well yeah because the thing is typically people spend you know years with their spouse right yes and they and they open their heart to them so they you know they will listen to whatever the person says even if what the person says is negative or wounding and in addition, the other thing I would add, a lot of people sleep in the same bed with their spouse. Mm-hmm. Well, you talked about waking up and checking your cell phone. Just imagine waking up and checking in with a spouse who is not supportive of your entrepreneur. Uh, idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I like the idea of just, you know, if they're not going to be supportive, probably best to just avoid the um, interaction. So...
0: And also create a community. You know, that's the thing. Create a community with people who are supportive, who are like-minded, who are supportive. You know, I create masterminds or join masterminds for that, for that very reason, so that I'm surrounded by people who are entrepreneurs, who are positive in attitude, who are are looking to uplift and share their skills and talents to help the others in the group because rising tides raise all ships. And so we share in that with each other and help each other out and support each other on those things, things that we won't share with other people in our lives because these people in this mastermind get it. They are entrepreneurs. They're living it every day. They understand it. Other people in my life might not get it. They might not understand my level of ambition and what I'm up to in the world, and that's okay. I don't need them to. you know
1: and that that's sort of like if you were an Olympic athlete you wouldn't talk to someone who, who isn't into that sport at all about what your dream is for running a four minute mile because they'd be like, I can't even jog in half an hour a mile, you know, and it's like, well, that's not really helpful, dear. <laughs> so having a mastermind of other people who are have similar goals and similar, you know, uh, whatever, mindsets is very helpful. I think that's a, a great point. Now, um, I know that you've also uh, gone a lot into the, the science of mindset and the brain. Yes. Um, And um, we talked about before this call about Joe, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Maybe you could just briefly mention him and why that might be of interest to people listening.
0: Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Dr. Joe Dispenza because he talks about everything that I'm talking about right now and does it from a completely scientific perspective. Um, which is really great for a lot of people. A lot of people, you know, I'm sure that a lot of your audience is kind of woo, um, but a lot of my audience is mixed. So some of my audience is is very woo. Some of them have been, you know, very logical and analytical and are just moving towards, you know, the more spiritual side of it. So being able to explain exactly what we're talking about from a scientific perspective is amazing. And the other thing that that Dr. Joe is great at is providing meditations that help you access the quantum field so that you're living in that state um, more frequently in your life so that you're tapping into that, which is really helpful. So, you know, there, there is a bunch of great teachers who have a variety of different ways that they help people achieve that same thing and different things work for different people. So some people I've turned Dr. Joe on don't resonate with him at all, and that's okay. You know, not everybody's for everybody. Um, and, but, but he does have some amazing books um, and resources that help people tap into, you know, the quantum field on a more consistent basis.
1: Yeah. And he's got some great meditations too. So, but, you know, there are many guides and teachers out there. So if he doesn't resonate, find someone else who does, um, you know, or or do your own investigation yourself, you know, Um, don't have to have a guru or teacher at all. You can, you know, we're all infinite beings um, living in human bodies.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) that's the other thing. Like the, the thing that's really amazing is that, you know, when we're in stress, our brains become incoherent, like the compartments of our brains start stop talking to each other. And it's instead of being a community, they're compartmentalized. And the more that we, our brains become coherent by moving into our parasympathetic nervous system, the more that we end up tapping into whole brain intelligence. And so when our brains are coherent, then our bodies are coherent, then we are able, you know, to tap into those higher levels of intelligence, our brains literally become like an antenna and can tap into like infinite intelligence, infinite intelligence, because there is no past, present and future already knows you know what's in the future knows what's in your highest good knows what you're doing now not only to get the result that you say you want but how to do it in a way that's sustainable and really works for your highest good so so being able to create that brain coherence that whole brain intelligence allows us to tap into infinite universal intelligence which you know allows us to to um you know, probably access the intelligence of, of people like, you know, Joe Dispenza or even, you know, even people like Einstein.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I write about in my books about the having a spiritual advisory board and you can put Joe Dispenza or Einstein or whoever you want or any aspect thereof. You know, if you don't like um, everything Einstein did and you only want his, you know, genius at solving physics problems, then you can add that to your advisory board. And, and the, one of the ways to access that that you know I'm sure some people have used is what would person X do? What would Einstein do with this? What would Richard Branson do with this business problem? What would uh, Jesus do is another way people have used this. Um, and you can pick whoever you want to ask that question. Or if you have people in a mastermind or you have a mentor or someone else you admire, you can say, well, what would they do? Or you could ask, what would my future self do that has this, you know, $100,000 a month income? What would she do? You know, so Mm -hmm. many ways to access that intelligence
0: <laughs> I love that yeah the advisory board is, is so key and you, you know it's, it's funny you can do an advisory board with as you were saying the people you want to call in or access their certain intelligence or certain quality or characteristics of them as well as your higher self but one of the other things that I do with an advisory board is is also all the different parts of yourself. So you can have uh, an advisory board with, you know, your intelligent self and even your stupid self and your compassionate self and your mean, Self and your, you know, whatever, and put them all in a room together and start asking questions and who can support, you know, these other parts. So, like, if you're feeling like the insecure self, you know, then maybe it's the maybe it's the confident self that supports it, or maybe even it's the compassionate self that supports, you know, the insecure self, and and so that it, you know, moves up from a level of insecurity to not being so insecure. So you can do that as well with all the your own parts of yourself.
1: I love that mean bitch self. She's quite handy sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> if if the polite self says no and the other person didn't hear, then that other self can, you know, make the message clearer. <laughs> I usually try off by being kind and loving when I say no, but sometimes people don't hear, you know?
0: That's true.
1: So, That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So um. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. Um, you know, to look at who, who really are we, you know, if we, if we strip away all these limiting beliefs, um, all these habits that we've accumulated probably through decades, um, you know, who, who are we really, do you think?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I believe, you know, this whole life is truly a game for, for universal intelligence. Um, you know, a, a candle amidst a million candles in the sun only knows itself as light, but it cannot experience itself as light. And the only way that it can experience itself as light is to put it in a dualistic environment where there's also darkness. And so darkness and light are, are the same coin, they're not different, but we experience them in this, you know, in this polarity, in this dualistic world as being different, but they're really not. And so I believe that we are all individuations of the divine come here to experience different aspects of who we are by having different experiences. Um, And it allows the be one and the all of which we all are, we're like, we're both the wave you know, we're, we're a part of the universe and we are the universe. And so we're a wave and we're the ocean. And so we experience ourselves as the wave, but we also have the ocean inside of us as well. And when we get to tap, in, tap into that resource of being the universe or being the ocean, I, I heard something really recently that when they look at pictures, photographs, of the brain and all of the you know blood vessels and whatever that it actually looks like the universe it actually looks like a picture of the universe which is no surprise that we have like many universes in our brain so ultimately we you know we're we're infinite beings in a bodysuit you know in a skin suit and you know when we start to really align ourselves with with who we really are so much more is um, Our lives are so much sweeter and so much easier and so much more as possible.
1: Wow. That is so fascinating. So if people want to find you online, what are the best ways to do that?
0: Yeah. Thank you for asking. So they can find me through my website, which is com, And I'm sure that'll be in the show notes.
1: It will. Uh, yeah. Along with all the other links you're going to mention.
0: Yeah, some of the other links, they can you can actually reach out to me directly and I will respond personally at support at If you want to find out, like I'd love to offer your audience, you know, the first five people who from your audience, uh, free 30 minute sessions. If, you know, you feel like you'd be an ideal client for me, my ideal clients are six plus figure earners who are looking to scale their business and work, you know, significantly less, tap into all of the stuff that we're talking about. But, you know, a free 30 minute, no pitch session, where I'm just like focused on helping you understand like what's in your way what are your next steps and then um, I also hang out a ton I'm on a lot of social media but a ton particularly on LinkedIn and so I put out a lot of content and the free content and a lot of podcasts I offer a lot of value there and so if you just search me at Elena Schwartz on on LinkedIn you'll find tons of uh, juicy stuff there as well.
1: Well, fabulous. Well, thanks so much for sharing all your thoughts on how to create abundance in our business by letting go of the masculine paradigm of success and embracing both the masculine and feminine in in what we do in creating our lives.
0: Yeah, it's been my absolute pleasure and honor. Thank you, Michaela. Get detailed show notes on today's episode together with your free What Would It Take Business Intuition Guide at intuitiveleadershipmastery.com. Create a fabulous and profitable day. What Would It Take?